and welcome back to another episode of the Small Talk podcast. My name is Katie Fairman and as we speak, we are currently sandwiched in between two of my favourite races on the F1 calendar. We have recently had the Singapore Grand Prix and don't worry, we're going to get into everything about that. Max Verstappen's win streak is finally over. But coming up this weekend, we also have one of my favorites, Japan. So we're going to be chatting a bit about that. We're going to have a little bit of a a discussion about some of this driver news. Liam Lawson sounds like he might not have a seat for next year. Is that the right decision? Stay tuned to the podcast to find out my thoughts and just generally have a bit of a chat about young drivers and what the future looks like for lots of them because seemingly the seats in F1 seem to be reserved for big names. So we're going to have a little bit of a chat about that. If that sounds like something you're into, then please stay tuned. But for now, grab yourself a drink, going for a cup of tea as per usual, and let's get into today's episode. Before history is written, Played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Singapore Grand Prix delivered us some amazing racing. And before I start throwing out the words like banger, one of the best races of the season, don't get me wrong, those last few laps, like the last, let's say third of the race, when Mercedes pitted for those fresh mediums, definitely spiced up the strategy. But I'm not going to say that race was a solid 10 out of 10 because there were times where he was a little bit like maybe predictable, slow is the wrong word, but um, when we had the safety car and almost all of the grid pitted and made their stop, it had the potential to completely like ruin the hype of the race and the strategy element. And sometimes I do think that I forget how important an element strategy can be in races like that. So when everybody was pitting all at once, obviously you had all the drama of everybody filing into the pit lane are there going to be unsafe releases? Some teams were double stacking, like everything like that is so exciting for me. I love watching that. It's one of the most tense moments of a race in my opinion, but 
Luckily, Mercedes were able to throw in a bit of a strategy curveball with the fact that they had saved the set of mediums and they were able to put them on both George and Lewis towards the end of the race. And we had a real fight for it. But yes, Max Verstappen's win streak is over, which I'm sure lots of people are very happy about. It was nice while it lasted. And although I think when he got his 10 wins or maybe it was his nine wins, I said something like, you have to appreciate that history is happening in front of your eyes. And I got absolutely chewed up and spat back out on Twitter for that opinion. How dare she have an opinion? Um, But I know that some people, and it's fair, that are bored of seeing the same geezer win race in race out so I appreciate that but yeah Carlos Sainz was the one to end the win streak which I think a lot of people might not have put him down to be the one to do that I think lots maybe would have expected Sergio Perez to do so because that Red Bull is so dominant and it seemed to be that race in race out like that car seemed to be almost miles ahead of everyone else so it's a refreshing change that not only has Verstappen's win streak been ended but also Red Bull Obviously, they have had such a long win streak um, since the end of last year. So it was nice to see another team on the top step. The Italian national anthem. I will never not be like happy to hear that. Is that right? Have I done a double negative there? But yeah, I love the Italian national anthem. It's one of those things growing up. I was like, the, I felt like a nerdy kid because every time we would like have Uh, let's say a pop quiz at school or something and it was national anthems I would know them all because of the F1 like growing up Italian national anthem is ingrained in my brain Spanish national anthem from when Fernando Alonso was winning a lot like when I started getting into Formula One was sort of and like really remembering it was 2005-2006 obviously Fernando was doing very well then and same with the um, French national anthem that's one that I seem to know so yeah it's nice to hear a different national anthem on the podium um but congratulations to them by the way I feel like I've kind of said this a lot online but feel like it might as well be worth saying on the podcast well done to Carlos and Ferrari um because yeah Carlos had an amazing race didn't he like such an intelligent drive I know that um lots of people have congratulated him and mentioned how clever he was um like letting Lando get the DRS and all of the this kind of thing like it really was a sublime drive from him and I'm really pleased to see him doing so well after the summer break obviously within that Ferrari bubble Lots of people say that Charles Leclerc is like almost the golden boy. And although Carlos has had his times like in 2021, where he actually finished ahead of Leclerc in the standings, um, a lot of the time, I think people put Leclerc as being the number one in that team. Whereas Carlos is obviously slowly changing that agenda. And yeah, for me, they're on a real like balancing out. I think whenever people tend to do their before the season starts, their predictions of which teammate's going to finish higher, who's going to have the most race wins, the most podiums or whatever it may be. For Ferrari, I think that's always the one that people are really stuck with because Carlos and Leclerc, um, why do I, you, this is a real tangent, okay? But for some drivers, like I will call Lewis Hamilton, if I'm referring to him, I'll call him Lewis. I won't say Hamilton. Yet if I'm saying for Max Verstappen, I'll normally say Verstappen. Sometimes I decide to use first names and sometimes I decide to use last names when referring to somebody. I don't know why I do it. And I feel like quite a lot of F1 fans must do this. Please tell me that you do the same so I don't feel such a weirdo. 
but um, Carlos, well, I can't remember my point. Okay, never mind. We've I've forgotten the point. But yeah, well done, Carlos. And there were lots of really amazing drives. Lando, obviously, in that McLaren. Still, really, I don't think that McLaren should be finishing in those positions. But Lando did a fantastic job to put it there. Um, I'm sure there are lots of other people that I'm forgetting. Um, but the one which for me, I actually voted him as driver of the day. I don't know if I should confess to voting for driver of the day, if that's a thing that I should say, but I gave my vote to Liam Lawson because the guy managed to get points. I'm pretty sure Crofty said on the commentary that no rookie driver has ever scored their maiden points in Singapore because it's such an intense race. Like, the fact as well that he didn't have as much prep time. He's had three races to get ready for the most demanding circuit on the calendar. And the fact that he was able to get points there as well is super exciting. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about Lawson in a little while because there's lots of speculation that he won't be on the grid next year. And that's caused a lot of outrage among people who think that he deserves a seat. So yeah, we're going to um, just finish off the point where I've got a, a, a talking point of George Russell for this Singapore chat and then we'll move on to Liam Lawson. So George Russell, what a nightmare for him. Running in third, like the fact that he and Lewis were able to catch up to the front two of Carlos and Lando so quickly. Um, obviously their ties and the strategy helped them a lot, but still like that was a really exhilarating thrill. They're almost like sharks hunting down prey in those last couple of laps. And that's the kind of thing that I love being able to watch the lap times like and the delta times between the two slowly, well, not really slowly, like quickly, like be eaten up. Um, but he made a mistake and ended up sending it into the barriers on the last lap, which was a very dramatic end. Like we didn't need any more drama with the fact that the top four were in like 1.7 seconds or 1.4 seconds of each other. But George thought, do you know what? DTS, this is for you. I'm slamming it in the barriers. But um, one thing that I did want to address, and this is something that I always seem to find with George Russell, is I really like and admire his vulnerability that he has after these big moments in his career. One thing that we see a lot with drivers is that either they will bottle up how they're feeling for fear of being maybe judged or ridiculed by their competitors. Obviously in Formula One, everybody that's on that grid thinks that they are the best at what they do. And any sign of weakness or vulnerability can in some people's eyes be quite a damaging thing. So the one thing that I like about George is that he's not afraid to wear his heart on his sleeve, whether that was scoring his first points, for example. Like we all know the clip when he was speaking on Sky and he got really emotional <laughs> and it was like a really wholesome, sweet moment. Like why, why would you not show how much it means to you? You know, like he'd fought so hard for so long at Williams, always just being there or close enough to points, but never quite reaching there. So when he did eventually get those first points, he was like, he was visibly upset. And with sport, sport is such an emotional thing as well that, I mean, I'm only speaking from my experience, but when I watch a lot of sport, I often find myself crying. Maybe that's just me as a person. I cry at anything. So sport is just one of those things that will set me off sometimes. But this weekend, when he made that contact with the barrier, obviously he was distraught. He had thrown away vital points for the team. He'd thrown away a podium for himself, like so many emotions on the line. And also it all happened so quickly from clipping the barrier by just a few centimeters of like error 
to having such a like catastrophic end to his race and abrupt end to his race, I imagine like even watching it as a fan, knowing what's going to happen, watching the replays, I can appreciate that. Wow. Like within a few seconds, he's hit the wall, he's in the barriers, he's out the race and it's done. And it's like I said, it was so abrupt that, um, you must be feeling so many emotions. You must be feeling angry and upset and like just so frustrated, but yeah, the one thing with George, the point that I was going to get to here is that he does wear his heart on his sleeve. And sometimes that can involve him maybe beating himself a little bit, a bit beating himself up a little bit too much. Um, you know, he labeled himself, like I said, it was a pathetic mistake. And from watching the the videos from his media pen interviews, you can see that he is visibly like really upset with himself. So I hope that he has a good team around him. That means that he can sort of build himself back up again, ready for Japan. That is a good thing that he's got a race happening this weekend. Sometimes with drivers, if they have a really awful weekend or whatever, then the worst thing that they can have is then a really long break like that's why for a lot of people I say uh, when we had the calendar beforehand and Hungary was the last race before the summer break the last thing you want to be doing is like a Bottas bowling incident for example and wiping out half of the field because then you've had such a rubbish end to your race and then you've got to wait three four weeks till the next one so yeah for George I just wanted to give him credit and say thank you very much for actually showing that you're not a robot. You are a real human being. And that is a quality that I really respect a lot in George. And I almost wish more drivers were like, because yeah, us as I'm not an athlete, you'll be surprised to know. Um, but I really respect that, um, yeah, vulnerability element of him. But anyway, that was a whole lot of waffle um, to say George made a big mistake. But um, I thought that was an interesting thing from him. So I wanted to mention it on the podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Next topic of conversation, as promised, is Liam Lawson. So the young Kiwi, he got his F1 big break after Daniel Ricciardo quite literally broke his hand. Um, the good thing is Ricciardo sounds like he's going to be well enough to potentially race in Qatar, which is in a couple of weeks from now, not going to be ready for Japan, which is understandable. But he was on the ground in Singapore, Ricardo, wanting to help as much as he could. I heard actually that when he broke his hand 
at Zanvoort that he was even thinking about coming in on the Saturday. So he broke his hand on the Friday and he wanted to come back on the Saturday to see how he could help the team um, and, you know, share data and things like that. But obviously with the nature of his accident, how badly he broke it, that was not going to be a situation that was going to happen. But he has put himself on the ground in Singapore. I'm not sure if he's going to be in Japan. It would make sense logistically for him to continue and go on to that race. But um, his accident meant that Liam Lawson got his big break. Now, Liam Lawson is a name that has been associated with that team for quite a long time. He had like a promising junior career and he's been kept busy doing other things, but his name has never really been one that's been seriously in contention for a Formula One seat. Obviously, he had the reserve driver duties, but... I can't remember there being a conversation of Liam Lawson should get it. So the fact that he's now got the seat and it's similar to the Nick DeVries situation last year. Like once you get that golden opportunity, then you've really got to make the most of it. And Liam Lawson certainly has done that. But going into this weekend's Japanese Grand Prix, the rumor is that Alpha Tauri are going to confirm that Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo are going to remain at AlphaTauri for 2024. And this has caused quite a bit of upset online because people think that Liam Lawson should have got that seat. Now, I am also in agreement. I think that he's done a really good job in these three races. However, I think it's important to remember that there could be a lot of things going on behind the scenes with AlphaTauri that we aren't aware of. For example, when Ricciardo signed to replace DeVries, for example, he might have asked for a contract that was until the end of 2024. And for Yuki, this might have been a deal that had already been done in the summer break and they wanted to announce it ahead of his home race at the Japanese Grand Prix. I mean, F1 teams love doing that, of like announcing a driver is staying on with the team. They did this exactly the same thing last year for Yuki ahead of the Japanese Grand Prix. Um, and it's just a nice feel-good factor, you know, going into race weekend, knowing that your home hero is going to be in F1 next year. And it's all like a lovely little PR exercise. So as far as we know, these contracts might have been agreed way in advance. And it was just convenient timing that it was going to be announced ahead of Yuki's home race. However, in Formula 1, we know... Re- Contracts can be broken if needs be. Um, But the one thing that it does beg the question of like, for Liam Lawson, he's shown he's talented. And if he doesn't go to AlphaTauri in 2024, what is next for him? And the reality is that because F1 silly season has been pretty much non-existent this year, if you compare it to last year with the whole Fernando Alonso to Aston Martin, Oscar Piastri tweet Alpine McLaren drama this year's silly season there hasn't really been one at all so the kind of only seats that are left because Guan Yu Zhou got confirmed to be with Bottas next year at Alfa Romeo slash Sauber for next year Um, so the only kind of seat available is Williams and Logan Sargent and although Logan seems to have had a few hiccups here and there in the second half of the season I mean there was a clip from this weekend in Singapore where just without any kind of being tapped or knocked or anything Logan just drove into the barrier and lost his front wing he did manage to limp round and get back to the pits and stuff but I don't know if maybe he feels like he is under a significant amount of pressure at the moment but he seems to be making quite a lot of mistakes I know that not all of his crashes that he's had in recent recent months have been his fault 
but he is to me driving like a man who is really trying to prove himself and maybe trying to prove himself a little bit too much pushing too hard um, because his first half of the season was pretty faultless I know he hasn't been in the points he hasn't been at the same level as Alex which I think is understandable because he is still a rookie he's still getting to grips with the car like there are lots of uh, reasons why I think Logan isn't quite up there yet but um, yeah for, for Liam Lawson perhaps Williams is his only real shout now but what this does is make me question like if Liam Lawson has done three races now and managed to score his first points put on some incredible performances in those three races you know he's shown up without kind of any preparation for Zandvoort you know Ricardo broke his arm on the Friday or his hand on the Friday Liam was in the car first thing Saturday and he's been able to put in the displays and these performances that we've seen then for me I feel like he should be given an equal like a fair shot at um, an F1 seat for next year but if a kid can't do that and put on these amazing performances and then it equal into an F1 seat for next year, then something is like not right. And we are seeing this so much recently with young drivers, like there's just not enough seats for them available on the F1 grid. And it could be because teams are just wanting to be safe than sorry. Look at Haas, for example. Haas have got the lineup of Kevin Magnussen, Nico Hülkenberg, two drivers with a solid amount of experience between them. And as a result, they're getting consistent points. They're having less crashes, not no crashes, because both Kevin and Nico have had their fair share of shunts this year. But they're having less crashes than when they had Mazepin and Schumacher, two rookies in their team. Um, so I can see the benefit in having more experience, but it does mean that drivers like Lawson, drivers like Felipe Dragovic are not getting the opportunities that I think they deserve. And talking of Felipe Dragovic, it's seeming more plausible now in Formula E that he's not going to get a Formula E seat. I thought that when Edo Mortara was announced last week as leaving the Maserati MSG racing team after six years of being within that team, I was like, oh, so here we go. This has teed it up perfectly for Felipe Dragovic to get that seat because he represented them in the rookie test uh, over the, the races that we had. Like we had one in Berlin and then we had another rookie outing in Rome. And he was super quick in both of those. However, it might not be that Felipe is going to go there from what I've heard. So I don't really know what's going to be happening with Felipe because he also seems like a talent that is just wasted in being an Aston Martin reserve development driver and having that kind of role. He should be racing full-time and things. And it just seems like that's not really, like we're not getting young enough young drivers filter through to the top, which is a conversation that I know lots of people have had before, whether that be the F2 champion not getting their chance into F1, which is obviously the next thing on the ladder. But yeah, now we have literally seen it in front of our eyes, like Liam Lawson getting this opportunity and it not being converted into a full-time F1 drive, even though he's shown his talent, is something that for me poses a big problem um so yeah that was my kind of take on that and also with young drivers as well like Mick Schumacher I know that he had a fair 
and solid shot in F1. He had two years in F1, which normally is sort of the timeline that people give to know if you are really going to be able to make it into Formula One full time, if you're the real deal. And Mick had that. And as a result, he didn't get a third year. Um, and there's talk, oh, talk on the street. I don't know why I was going to say that. Um, but there's talk that Mick might be going to Alpine in the World Endurance Championship and maybe doing a bit of WEC instead. But yeah, I just, I'm fearful more than ever with this Liam Lawson example that there's just not enough opportunity for young talent. And I'm not trying to put the blame on people like Fernando Alonso, who's going to be racing an F1 until he's 87 years old, or Lewis Hamilton, who's obviously extended his contract until 2025. The talent that we have in F1 at the moment is immense, which is why we're seeing so many cleaner races. We're seeing less accidents. We're seeing less yellow flags, less safety cars, all this kind of thing, because the talent is so good in F1. And so I'm not saying that I want to chuck in a load of rookies that are going to cause a load of havoc just for the sake of the show, because that's not where I'm coming from. But for me, I don't know. It just, I feel like I want to see more young talent. That's my kind of take from it. But um, that is my review of the Liam Lawson situation. Let me know what you guys think. Because yeah, it seems to have really split people of if they keep Ricardo and Sonoda for 2024, which I still think is a really solid lineup. And I feel bad for Ricardo because Danica Patrick, which is a whole other conversation for another day of her, how her commentary has been and her contribution to Sky Sports this year, because I'm going to be honest, I haven't been the biggest fan of it. Um, but she made a comment at the weekend that was like, oh, Daniel Ricciardo, he's 34 now. He's basically at the end of his career, which is, I think I read somewhere that he then texts Crofty and said to her, like, I'm only 34. Um, but yeah, I feel bad because Ricardo's only had his comeback and he was on track for five minutes before then he got taken out with this injury. So, you know, he's probably sweating because you've got this young kid that's come in and he's doing such a good job on his, in his car. And um, yeah, he's probably thinking, oh no, like this is the last, what he needed is Lawson to come in and be rubbish so that people were like, oh, bring, like, as soon as Ricardo can come back, like get him in, he's a safe pair of hands. Whereas Liam's done such a good job. He's probably a bit like, oh, my job could be in trouble here. Uh, but yeah, let me know what your dream lineup at AlphaTauri would be. Would you get rid of Sonoda and have a Ricardo Lawson pairing? Would you have Yuki and Lawson? Like, let me know what your dream situation is for that team for next year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. I think that is probably enough waffling on for one episode, but thank you so much for listening. Next week's episode, I'm actually really excited about because we're going to do some predicting and I'm going to be predicting the 2026 driver lineup, but 
I've seen so many people doing these that I have decided to do it with a twist. That is right. I know what a suspenseful cliffhanger I have left you on there. But no, I'm really excited for this, yeah, twist that I'm going to be putting on it. And also think it'll be a great opportunity for you guys to get involved as well. Um, but you're going to have to wait until next week to find out what this exciting twist is. So for now, thank you again for listening. Please, just as a reminder, if you are enjoying the Small Talk podcast, be sure to give it five stars on your podcast platform of choice. Um, share it. Like if you're listening to this, send me a screenshot of you listening to it and I'll share it on my stories. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. I'll be sure to share them. Um, but for now, yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you have a wicked week. Um, look out for my Sebastian Vettel interview, which is going out on Sports Illustrated at the end of this week. And have yourself an amazing Japanese Grand Prix weekend. If you are in Europe, then there's a, a show of solidarity for the very early starts. If you are in the US or Australia or wherever you may be, then I will be quiet because I know that you guys are absolute troopers and you always have early starts. But yeah, thank you so much for listening again, guys. And I'll see you in next week's episode. Bye.